This is Notoriously Episcopalian. My name is Kelly Hudlow. This is a podcast of sermons and musings all about the Christian faith and especially about being an Episcopalian. This is a sermon for the second Sunday after Christmas, January 3rd, 2021, preached at St. Barnabas in Roanoke, Alabama. The principal text of the sermon is Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12, The Journey of the Wise Men to Bethlehem. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I always like to, on these Sundays following Christmas, to begin by saying Merry Christmas. The rest of the world is ready to pack it away, but we're not quite done with it yet. So Merry Christmas. We're still singing Christmas hymns, and Christmas is still here. Though, as you can tell from your insert, we don't quite know what to do with the second Sunday after Christmas because we have three choices for the gospel reading. And so that leaves a preacher with a lot of options to go with. And so I picked uh, the reading that we heard from Matthew, which is the, um, the Magi, the three wise men coming to visit Jesus. Um, partially because I'm a bit of a, an astronomy nerd, a space buff, and this gives me another excuse to talk about stars. So forgive me for that. When I was in college, I took an introduction to astronomy class. I could take an extra science and avoid taking another math class. And so when I saw astronomy was an option, I signed up for it pretty quickly. As I said before, I've always been fascinated by space, so this seemed like it would be right up my alley. And it worked out with my schedule, and it didn't happen at 8 a.m. in the morning, which made it all the better for a college student. And I was particularly relieved when I got the syllabus for the course to see that the professor that was teaching the class had realistic expectations of the liberal arts majors that had signed up to take his class because he did not expect us to be able to solve all the complicated math equations that are apparently involved in space exploration. I was pleased to see that the first part of the course centered on the simple act of being able to identify things in the night sky, to pick out stars and planets, to see constellations, Now, I discovered pretty quickly that when you first start looking at the night sky, trying to sort things out, it is a bit overwhelming. All those little points of light traveling millions and billions of miles through space can leave you struggling to find anything in the night sky. What we as students had to learn in that course is that there is an organization to the heavens. Patterns of stars make up constellations, and once you can find a constellation, you can start getting orientated and find other objects. Seeing pictures in the sky is nothing new. It's an ancient practice. Throughout time, human beings have looked to the stars and told stories about what they saw there. And the Northern Hemisphere, one of the easiest constellations to find, and perhaps the most helpful, is Ursa Major, or the Big Bear. It's the third largest constellation in the sky. And specifically what you look for is the part of the constellation that we normally call the Big Dipper, which is made up of the brightest stars in the Big Bear constellation. 
If you can find the Big Dipper, if you can put your binoculars or telescope or even just your eyes there and begin to look deeply into space, you'll start to see other stars. With a telescope, you can actually see other galaxies. It can point you to other constellations and things that you might want to find in the sky, so you just have to find the Big Dipper first. Now, you might know that the really helpful thing about the Big Dipper is that it can help you find your way around here on the ground. The Big Dipper is what's called a circumpolar cluster of stars, meaning it never goes below the horizon at night and it rotates around a single fixed point. And if you use those two stars that make the edge of the Dipper, you find the North Star. Now, the North Star is not particularly bright. It doesn't even make the top 50 list of the brightest stars, but we have been using it to guide our travels here on Earth for centuries. Whether you were a sailor at sea or someone simply trying to make it from point A to point B, you could figure out where you were and where you needed to go just by finding the North Star. In the 1800s, the North Star was the key to freedom for enslaved people making their way north. Both Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass wrote about the power of finding the North Star to guide them up to the place of freedom in the north. Frederick Douglass even named his newspaper the North Star. It was so important to that story of freedom. Now the Magi, the wise men that we hear about in today's gospel, weren't necessarily looking for the North Star, but they were the astronomers of their day, and they probably were much better than I was, not probably, definitely, because they could work out the complicated math of figuring out the stars and the planets that they were looking at. They looked to the night sky to find patterns and movements of things that would help them figure out what was going on in the world and what might happen tomorrow. There's been a lot of speculation about what the Magi saw in the sky that night that sparked their journey to Bethlehem. Some folks say they must have seen an angel and that that's why the star kept moving in front of them on their journey. Other folks say that it was a supernova or a comet. More recently, we've heard about people that theorized that it was something like the Great Conjunction, like we had in December of 2020, where Jupiter and Saturn appeared to line up in the night sky and make a single, very bright star. But some speculate that the so-called Star of Bethlehem was nothing extraordinary. It was not some astronomical event that would have been written down on the history books because it's just not there. Instead, it was an ordinary star that suddenly the Magi found new meaning in. That in all their study of the night sky and their study of prophecies and science, the star that guided them to Bethlehem took on new meaning because they were searching for something new in the world. And that new understanding, their intellectual curiosity, perhaps their spiritual hunger, gave them the courage to pack up and leave their familiar place, to head west with the goal to find the child that was the king of the Jews. This would bring them dangerously close to the fearful power of King Herod in Jerusalem. 
And while Herod feigned curiosity and a desire to worship the child, the Magi were genuine in their search for Jesus. Herod's response to the birth of Christ was fear, deception, and violence. The Magi's response was wonder and wandering, and ultimately joy upon finding Jesus in Bethlehem. And that little town in the backwaters of first century Palestine in Bethlehem, the fear of the powerful met the hope of the powerless. And the coming of the Magi and their offering of gifts and the kneeling in worship of Jesus, the whole world, even the whole universe, suddenly recognizes that Christ the King, Christ our Creator, had been born. It is in this moment in Bethlehem, the star above the earthly powers and fear and the foreign nations kneeling to a child that lays the foundations for the great commission that will end Matthew's gospel. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. As we begin a new year, As we face the fear and monotony of a continued pandemic, we can take this chance to see the world in a new way. We can create a world where fearful power and violence do not win the day. We can look to the stars and find a path to freedom. Like the Magi, we can look to the skies to see the well-studied stars, the things so familiar, and suddenly see the God whose love moves those very stars. We can be like the Magi and be willing to take risk, to be uncomfortable, to go to new and unknown places in order to experience the holy. Amen.